G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're chatting with Rudy Weens from FEBC, the Far Eastern Broadcasting Corporation We've got an incredible ministry all around Eurasia and around the world uh, Welcome along Rudy, tell us a bit of your story, whereabouts were you born and raised? Well thank you, thank you Matt for having me Yeah, well I grew up in Siberia, Russia, where it was very cold in the wintertime, but it was quite warm and nice in the summertime, so I didn't know anything better, so it was okay, you know, so even so the environment was very uh, communist, godless, you know, atheistic, so that was a real challenge, but otherwise uh, I would say I had a fairly fairly normal childhood. And tell us about uh, your upbringing, did you have like a religious upbringing at all? Well, no, school, school, every, you know, as soon as we go to school, you know, the, every teacher had to teach atheism. So that was that way. But my parents became followers of Christ before, uh, before I was born. So that, so I grew up, I heard the gospel from my parents. They had to be very, very careful not to get in trouble with the government, not to end up in prison. And we protected them as well as kids, you know, so like uh, in discussing and talking with the teachers. So I heard the gospel from my childhood, yeah, from my parents. Very nice parents. And tell us, what what was it like being a Christian in that kind of environment? Did it make you stronger in your faith? I believe so. Like one of the political officers in the Soviet military where I ended up as well, uh, obligatory, you know, in that sense. So he told me that I know why why you are so stubbornly, uh, you know, believing in God, because we made you think, and I, I said, well, I, I think I agree. You, yeah, the government, uh, you know, the atheistic kind of teaching and indoctrination in schools and everywhere else around us made us from, from the young age, you know, to think on our own, you know, so for ourselves and to think with the truth, you know, with, with the gospel, with, uh, with God or anti-God, you know, in that sense. So... I believe that the the difficulties, the challenges of the Soviet kind of, you know, atheistic, uh, you know, policies and propaganda made us stronger, yeah. And I understand that uh, you listened to Christian radio at a young age, and now you're working in Christian radio. Tell us about your first experience with Christian radio. Yeah, that was back in Siberia in my childhood, actually my youth, young years, you know, young teenage age, you know, in that sense. We used to listen to the shortwave broadcast of Faris Broadcasting Company from the Philippines. 
And that was, of course, much jamming. You know, the Soviets, they jammed a lot. But the people were very smart, you know. And some, I remember one, one of our neighbors, so he had a big tube radio, you know, and he, he had a special antenna created. So they were smart people, you know, so they made it, uh, made it still listenable. And it was a great, great encouragement to us just to know that people on radio, you know, kind of speak about God, about Christ, you know, and in and, and, and our Russian language. And I saw a clip that you played in our church recently of one of the uh, radio announcers for FEBC in Ukraine. And uh, she said that she gets together with some of the listeners and has a coffee with them and prays the sinner's prayer, leads them to Jesus. And she also does lots of TikTok videos and she's very uh, active on social media. I'd love to hear about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, are there lots of people coming to Christ in the midst of the, the, the disaster we're hearing of over there? Yeah, of course, it is a sad time, you know, of war. War is always bad and evil and so on. So, but in spite, uh, in spite of that, people are really many, many hundreds daily calling in and, and accepting the Lord, you know. So there are a number of Christians in Ukraine, but of course, the majority are still not followers of Christ. And so they... Now, uh, you know, when, when it's very difficult and challenging, people running for their life, you know, in that sense, uh, lots of refugees uh, outside in, in Europe and, uh, you know, everywhere you, I meet refugees from Ukraine, and they are all much, much more open to the gospel than they were before. So, so that is... Uh, that is the outcome of atrocities, not of the war situation. So people really listen. And to our people there, like Ina, the girl that you mentioned, so she is she's, uh, tremendous, you know. So the young people are really reaching out via media. We have about eight FM stations there, but also, of course, we use the social media, you know, in that sense. So I would say millions are listening to us, listening to us uh, on social media, you know, live also and calling in. We have um, counseling centers that we connect people, our listeners, to churches and to Christian people, you know, and, and wherever they are, even outside of Ukraine now, the re- refugees. So it, it is, it, there are always great opportunities to reach out to the people in need. Mm. Well, it is ins- inspiring to hear what's happening in Ukraine. And I know you're all over Europe and Asia and got many stations uh, in, in different nations. Tell us a bit of the history. How did FEBC start? Well, uh, the beginning was in '46, right after World War II, and uh, the first station was being built in Shanghai, in China. So that was uh, some of the some of the people, you know, during the wartime, they ended up in the east there, and so they saw the multitudes of people, especially Chinese people, so to, and they wanted to reach out to them. So that was the beginning. But then, of course, the Cultural Revolution in China, and so on, they had to retrieve, go back, and so the first shortwave stations really that was uh, got operational was um, a couple of years later after 46 in in the philippines and our center our shortwave broadcast and also local broadcast stations like am and fm are in the philippines but then of course you know as the years it grew into a larger international organization and so now we are broadcasting in about close to 150, 150 languages, you know, so worldwide. And of course, the Russian language, they also started uh, as, as historically, you know, like in 49, there was the first Russian speaking programs, uh, programs going out, uh, being broadcasted from the Philippines, you know. So then, of course, you know, other stations, Saipan and 
and Chechu from Korea and so South Korea and some from other places. So we were broadcasting and it was growing, especially in Asia, of course. So, you know, the name itself, Far East Broadcasting Company, you know, tells about the Far East, you know, in that sense, China, Southeast Asia, many, many languages. And of course, also in Africa, we used to have shortwave broadcast uh, stations and on Seychelles Islands, you know, reaching to India, to the Middle East, and to African countries, and so. But now, of course, social media, you know, takes over, and that is uh, makes it uh, gives us great opportunities, new opportunities to reach out to the unreached people groups. And I'd love to know about the content on these radio stations. Like, obviously, you, you do things in the local tongue uh, wherever you can. Uh, is it like talkback? Is it music? Uh, is it preaching? What, what, what kind of uh, content do you have on your radio stations? Well, all kinds, of course, you know, depending on the on the uh, the language group that we are broadcasting in. So, for example, uh, if I'm, I'm very familiar with Russian because I used to do daily broadcasts myself, you know, from Saipan, from the tiny island Saipan and so on. So in those days, in the 80s, we, of course, we were broadcasting also sermons, you know, like preaching. And, and but we realized that the majority of our listeners are non-church people. So we had to keep that in mind. So it was a very much pre-evangelistic as well. But today, today, especially now with COVID, you know, where most churches, um, they, they are make, making their sermons and their services available on the Internet. So for the Christians like in discipleship, we basically connect. So we use social media, but we connect our listeners, our non-church listeners, like the, just the regular society people, you know, the masses. So we connect them to those sites whenever they are shown, they show an interest. So today we, we are even more non-church. We invite pastors to our broadcast, like us on, on our talk shows. So they come in and they talk openly about Christ, much more open than our DJ people, you know, and the, and the announcers can afford, because in some of the countries, especially in Central Asia, those uh, who are basically nominally, traditionally, and culturally Muslim uh, people groups, so they often, they often have a law uh, against proselytizing, as they call it, so they mean, I mean, it is, it is uh, not a logical kind of um, official law, because I often challenge them and say, are you telling me that the Kyrgyz people, they have to be Muslims? They don't, they're not allowed to listen to anything else? And then, of course, they say no, you know, so, but, but why is Southern there, you know, so if we would convert people from from one religion to another by sword, you know, like it used to be in old days, you know, so, but like with the Islamization was specifically that way. And so that that I'm against that myself. So, but why why can't you allow people to listen freely, listen to to the gospel, for example, to the Injil, as they call it, you know. So, but anyway, so we talk we talk about about many issues, especially like in Kyrgyzstan, we are known as a family radio. Even in in Ukraine and Russia, like where there's there's an Orthodox culture, you know. So basically, Christianity is not totally strange to them. So we are more and more talking about relationships and relationship with God as well. So family issues like marriage, uh, raising kids, and so on. We talk about that. And, of course, by talking about these issues and these challenges, we share the gospel. Because, in my opinion, my personal testimony, and also that Jesus is the answer for, for all, all problems that human race, that human people, that people are coming across, you know. 
Our time's almost up, but before we go, you know, there might be people listening that are thinking, you know what, I, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never known how to ask Jesus to come into my life and have my sins forgiven. Uh, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah, I like to say there's no better deal you know, than to accept Jesus, you know. So with Jesus, you have eternal life, you know. So I said, even if you're just smart, just thinking agastically about yourself, it's worth it. So, but besides that, that's the truth. You know, I don't want to live a lie. I want to to be on the side of the truth. And God created us. He created us with purpose. And he wants us to have peace with him. And this real peace comes only by accepting Jesus, by understanding him, by getting to know our Savior and Lord. So if, if you if you're listeners, if you don't know, don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, you're missing out. So hurry up, accept him, and you will be, you will not just be happy, but you be, have real joy, but you will have eternal life. And that's, that's amazing. Amen. That is good news. And if anyone listening to this would like to pray and receive Jesus, or they'd like to uh, receive a Bible and uh, maybe be connected to a church, contact us through our email, info at historymakersradio.com. Send us an email info at historymakersradio.com or contact us through History Makers Radio and TV on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you there and send you some more information about following Jesus. Well, Rudy, it's been wonderful to hear a bit of your testimony today. If people want to find out more, they can go to FEBC Australia. Uh, Check out the Facebook page or febc.org.au to find out more about uh, what's uh, happening around the world with FEBC. Uh, Rudy, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Oh, wow. <laughs> May it be a good history making. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for your time. God bless. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.